Welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio, where we are all about helping you find balance in food, fitness, and family 365 days a year with your hosts, Jennifer Campbell, Lauren Kosky, and Annie Breeze. Thanks for joining us today on Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio. After coaching hundreds of women in our Balance 365 program, Jen, Lauren, and myself, Annie, have picked up on four common nutrition mistakes women make. We know that as busy moms and women, your time and energy are limited, and we want to make sure that you're focusing on the big rocks in nutrition so you can get the most bang for your buck. On today's episode, the three of us discuss these common mistakes and give our suggestions on sustainable solutions that will help you reach your goals faster. Enjoy. Lauren and Jen, welcome back. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Really Jen, good. How are you? Jen, how are you? I'm really good. Good. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited for today's topic because uh, between the three of us, we have worked with hundreds and hundreds of women. Um, in particular, women who are looking to make changes to their nutrition and exercise habits. And in that process, the three of us have really come up with four pretty common mistakes that women make. And when I say mistakes, I don't want to be like shamey, like point our fingers, uh, you're doing this wrong. But we want to go over these because we feel as women and as busy moms, if you're expending energy and giving time and attention to making these changes that we want to make sure that the changes you're making are giving you some really big payoffs or you're getting big bang for your buck. And we've found some common threads, uh, four of them to be exact, that we really kind of want to highlight today for our listeners. And the first one is not enough protein. Jen, would you agree that you see women... Uh, skimping out on protein in their meals? Uh, Definitely. I think um, a lot don't understand the benefits. They don't know how or what to prepare. Um, They don't know how to make it easy. Um, And the other thing that I want to talk about is we've had various members come into Balance 365 and tell us that they are proteined out. And I think we should talk about that too before we move on from this section. Absolutely, we can. Um, Lauren, as our uh, nutrition guru, our nutrition expert, would you be willing to highlight quickly some benefits of protein, why women need to have protein in their meals? Sure. Um, There's a ton, but a few big ones are protein is going to really impact your satiety. Um, So, You'll notice if you eat a meal and you're hungry really quickly afterwards, um, one of the common things is you don't have enough protein in that meal. Um, It's also going to help to balance your blood sugar and slow down the absorption of carbohydrates. And it also promotes muscle growth or it promotes um, maintaining your muscle if you're in a calorie deficit. So if you're trying to eat in a calorie deficit, Um, increasing your protein is going to be even more important than if you were just maintaining. Absolutely, because you don't want to um, skimp on the muscle or miss out on the muscle that you're trying to build, um, especially if you're you're strength training. Absolutely. Um, Which I think I just want to mention, too, like just sort of another little bonus myth in here is that – that's why we aren't 
so um, about the weight loss. Like when women come to us and they have weight loss goals, we're like, you mean what you actually mean is you have fat loss goals because what a lot of women are doing is going on crash diets and they are, um, they're in a huge caloric deficit and, you know, missing out on all their macro micronutrients, including protein. And they are losing a lot of muscle while they're in those deficits. Um, and so what we ultimately want for women who have fat loss goals is to conserve their muscle mass because women need muscle, right? Yeah. One of my favorite um, kind of infographics that we have in our program is showing the kind of timeline of each crash diet and then weight regain. So each crash diet, they're losing muscle, muscle mass and then gaining more weight and then losing muscle mass and then gaining more. So not only are they gaining um, weight, but they're gaining more um, fat and losing muscle, which I think not a lot of people realize. Absolutely. Right. Hey, Lauren, uh, off the top of your head, can you share what the uh, general our general guidelines are for um, protein recommendations? Like how how much protein should women be aiming for? Yeah, so we kind of we have two different approaches. Um, we know that different things work for different people. So we do offer in our program the numbers and how to figure out the grams per day or per meal that you should um, be eating for your goals. And that is um, about 0.8 grams per um, pound of lean muscle mass if if weight loss is your goal. Um, but we have a lot of people also that, you know, they have counted and tracked on so many diets that it's it gets a little bit triggering and they can get obsessive about it and they just don't want to do that anymore. So we also offer strictly visual guides. <clears throat> so you never have to count anything if you don't want to. And for that, we recommend um, per meal about one palm-sized uh, portion of protein. Perfect. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think one thing that sets us apart when it comes to trying to increase protein, because you might hear those numbers, you might hear Lauren's recommendations and think, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll go from zero to 60. Maybe I'm having very little protein, you know, uh, maybe a serving 20-ish grams a day, and now I'm going to go to try to jump to 100 grams a day. Um, that's not something that we really advocate. Lauren, do you want to share some suggestions on how to gradually increase protein? Sure. Um well, if you listen to the Habits 101 podcast that we recorded, we talked a lot about not increasing too quickly and that any change you make should feel easy for you. So if you're going from a breakfast of you know cold cereal, it's pretty unrealistic to think that now you're going to go and have a 40 gram of protein breakfast right away. Um, so there's a couple of things. You can increase slowly, like let's say... If you're under 10 grams, you can increase to 20 grams or, you know, just increase your protein a little bit until you get to that palm size. Um, and also I would recommend even scaling back and going one meal at a time instead of trying to do every meal throughout your whole day all at once. Which is really how our program's structured yeah. is that we have people deal with things one at a time so they don't get overwhelmed. And so, um, 
what I think what most women start on in Balance 365 is they go, they start on our breakfast section. So they open up the breakfast section and they look at the information we have in there and um, then they start. So it's not so overwhelming that you have to think about every single meal all week. Right, because that's a lot. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Some people might even start with awareness. So that's actually um, just like not thinking um, about anything at all except what they're currently doing and how they could add, you know, just even a little bit of protein in without, you know, really having any awareness around the amount or And really, um, we also have you brainstorm, before you do anything, we have you kind of brainstorm, like, what kind of protein sources do you like? And um, what kind of meals could you have so that you're not on the spot trying to figure it out? Um, yeah, because enjoying your food is incredibly important to the sustainability of any, you know, any way you decide to eat. Yeah. Um, is this a good place to to talk about the protein doubt? Yeah, I was just going to add um, too before we get to that that um, I think a lot of re- or a lot of the reason why uh, many people skimp out on protein is because it's not as readily as available as carbohydrates and fats. And I've really noticed this when we travel and we go, um, you know, my husband always likes to pick the hotels that have like the free breakfast included the continental breakfast. And when I look at what's offered, it's usually bagels, toast, cereals, yogurts, fruits, uh, pastries, mm-hmm. donuts, which are all great. They're yummy. But I uh, I know from experience, from trial and error, that I need some protein to accompany those carbohydrates. Otherwise, I feel um, hungry the rest of the day. I feel like I'm kind of missed out. So while carbs are great and I need carbs and I want carbs and carbs taste great, um, balancing those carbohydrates with an adequate protein source is really a key for me feeling full and sustained energy levels. Yeah, and I think it's it's not that you can't have convenient protein options. It just takes a little bit more um, having it in your mind that that's what you're looking for. So, like, some of my favorites are hard-boiled eggs or Greek yogurt or rotisserie chicken, stuff that's really easy and doesn't take a lot of um, prep or cooking because mm-hmm. Annie and I are not about that. Um, <laughs> not about that cooking but, life. <laughs> no, we're not about that life. <laughs> So we're not trying to say that you have to be in the kitchen all the time cooking your protein, but <laughs> I um here's my here's my tip. Uh, in the mornings, I am always rushed, like every other mom out there. It's cr- mornings are crazy, and I take a bowl and I spray it with olive oil, and then I pour in usually egg whites or egg whites and one egg. Um, and then I microwave it for two minutes and I throw some cheese and salsa and I often throw some spinach in there too, just from like, you know, like bag salad in the fridge. Um, and that's my protein in the morning. And sometimes I'll have that with some toast or sometimes I'm having it with like a muffin or whatever, but it's like, it's so quick. It's two minutes, microwave my eggs and, um, done. Yeah. I do almost the same thing, except I do it on a plate so that's flat and I can put it on my toast. Ooh, fancy. Fancy. You can throw that on a wrap or a breakfast sandwich and take it to go. Wow. Smart. Well, I I eat a waffle (laughs) and a protein shake. (laughs) (laughs) 
Which works. It does work. work. And when I when I joke, you feel good, and you've got a balanced meal. And when I joke about like not enjoying cooking, I really don't. And I have found ways to meet my nutritional goals with minimal cooking, and uh, obviously protein shakes meet that requirement (laughs) easily. So, um, Jen, do you want to talk about being protein burnt out? Yes. So. We have women come from, you know, various backgrounds into Balance 365, and um, I've heard this several times, and then one person is coming to mind, actually, in particular, who she was in a body recomposition program um, with a couple personal trainers before she joined us in Balance 365, and the amount of protein she was um, supposed to consume in a day was extremely high for her personal preferences and but she followed it anyways to the t right because it was um all about hitting those macro goals body recomp goals and um but it just really doesn't help you if you're striving to consume an amount of protein that is just not sustainable for you as it wasn't for her then what's the point so even when lauren's you know sitting here giving her recommendations, um, everybody has to understand that's a guide, like just a starting point. Mm-hmm. And if and if that's just not achievable for you, then there's just no, you know, or even not achievable right now or whatever it is, then just start where you're at. So what happened with this woman was she was so proteined out that she was basically on a diet of pure carbs and fat because she just she said she couldn't even look at chicken breast, eggs, a protein powder. She was just so sick of it all. And um, it took a little while to um, get her back to a balanced plate. So don't protein yourself out. Uh, don't like, you know, the same could be said for any like carbs or fat or whatever, you know. Yes. More is not better. Yeah, better is better. Better is better. Right. Um, okay. Number two common mistake we see women make when it comes to their nutrition is their meals just aren't big enough. Lauren, would you agree? Do you see this with women? Yes. And um, the big recommendation was always eat six to eight mini meals, right? So that's basically like snacking throughout your entire day and never eating, getting full, right? Yeah, so sort of like grazing. Yeah, Yeah. which I think is really common, especially as moms who are running around giving snacks and feeding meals and maybe eating off the plates of kids that, you know, the food they left over and then, oh, I'm not really hungry for mealtime, so I'll eat later. It can just kind of be this cycle that just is easy to stay in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other thing is the recommendation um, of eating you know, six small meals a day or whatever it is came from a myth that eating smaller meals more frequently stokes your metabolism. Right. And research has debunked that. That is not true. And it's actually the opposite. Eating um, larger meals less often actually, um, it doesn't do, it doesn't stroke your metabolism, um, but it just, it works better with your physiology because your brain needs to get, you have to have enough food in your stomach for your brain to sort of get that I'm full signal um, that you've eaten enough and that turns off your appetite for a bit. 
And, and some right. common indicators that your meals might not be big enough is that you are snacking throughout the day, which we just kind of talked about, but also you might notice that at the end of the day, you're just famished or you feel like you cannot stop eating or you want, you have a desire to eat and you're maybe trying to use your willpower or your discipline, quote unquote, to keep you from eating. Um, but we would suggest that those desires that, that drive to eat, especially at the end of the day, might be an indicator that you need to eat more throughout the day. And, and that in turn helps, mm -hmm. like Lauren said, you get that signal that, Hey, I am full. Um, I can turn off my hunger signal and just chill out for a little bit until I get hungry again. And then I eat again until I'm full. And then, you know, and then that's kind of the cycle that we're trying to help women find through eating bigger meals, which can be a little bit of a mindset shift when you go from, you know, I don't know. I feel like this is ingrained, but like 300 meals or 300 calories that constitutes a meal, mm -hmm, which yeah. for me, yeah, when I hear that now, I'm like, that's like half a meal. But it right. took me a while to look at, you know, when you go through the drive through or when you order from, you know, Starbucks menu or a restaurant menu and they have the calories listed to look at it and see, oh, this is a six or 700 calorie meal. That was a mindset shift. Like that is that is an appropriate meal for my body. I don't need to eat right. a three hundred calorie meal and only eat three of those. Like I can have right. bigger, larger meals. And in fact, if I'm going to eat fewer meals, they need to be larger. Yeah. The other thing, just like subtly, is that um, you don't have to calculate all the calories in your meal to eat a larger meal. You can. Um, eat a meal when you get hungry, and then stop when you're satisfied. And I love, Lauren talks all the time about how our best calorie counter is our bodies. Yeah, and this actually is another one of our habits in Balance 365, is eating three to four larger well-balanced meals. And it's an aha for so many women who come into our program and who are like, wow, I, I've never eaten you know, full meals in, you know, so long because I've been trying to diet and eat as little as possible. And not only are you full and satisfied, but it, it lets you stop thinking about food. You know, a lot of women, they think about food all day long because they never yeah. get full. Like and, when's my next meal? What's that yes. going to be? Yeah. Yeah. So you can just walk away and move on with your day. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that so many times. It was like, wow, like I stopped thinking about food between right. meals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, I mean, really, if you're eating six meals a day, your day is revolving around food. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really the kind of, one of the missions behind our PowerPole challenge is to help women, uh, kind of experiment with what it feels like to eat a balanced meal with protein, carbohydrates, fats, vegetables, um, that's comprised of foods that they enjoy and that taste good. Like that's a pretty totally. revolutionary Those... process for some women. Yeah. All the Powerball recipes. And then some people might've picked up our Powerball recipe book, which is seven bucks. So <laughs> we've sold quite a few. Um, they're all well-balanced uh, meals. They're done for you balanced meals. And um, in Balance 365, you learn how to throw those together yourself. But um, you know, and then we have recipes on our website and stuff that, you know, people like that. They like recipes and ours happens to be 
balanced meals that we produce. And I think it can be a bit scary at first because we also put the calories and all the macros on our recipes. And I think that can be a bit scary at first to look like I remember the like just one of the first times I realized that my meals were over 500 calories. Um, Just there was a lot of fear there, right? Yeah. Like it just, because any, you know, the place I had come from is that um, the different people I followed or the different books I bought, it, yeah, (laughs) Annie's right. It's that magic 300 calorie mark. And so anything over that, you start to feel like, you know, is this okay? You feel is guilty. this allowed? Is yeah, this bad? Like, Are, am I, yeah, am I indulging? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so, um, but, you know, if that's kind of how you're feeling, for me, I just kind of had to not look at the nutritional information of my meals for a really long time and just really, really bring it in to how, to how I was feeling, um, you know, how those meals made me feel, eating till I was satisfied, etc., and then finding out the right amount for me. Yeah, and one more thing I want to mention with uh, the Powerball Challenge is we're really trying to practice what we preach here. Um, We're just kind of helping you dip your toe in the water. So you're not changing your whole day all at once. It's just one meal. Like, just practice this for one meal and see how it feels. You don't have to change everything. Yeah. Lauren, do you have any additional suggestions for women that – Maybe they're listening and they think, okay, yeah, that does kind of sound like me. I am starving at night or I do have a really strong urge to graze throughout the day. I'm not feeling full at any of my meals. What would be some good ways to transition to larger meals? Well, there are, we have had some people that just do it all at once and that are fine. Um, But some people do take it a bit slower. So they'll They'll work on making their breakfast larger and then they will get rid of their snack between breakfast and lunch. And then they'll work on making their lunch larger and then they'll get rid of the snack between lunch and dinner. Um, Also, if you're having like hypoglycemia symptoms, um, it's a good idea to go slower. Um, So if you get, you know, dizzy or headaches between meals or you get like hangry really quickly, like you go from zero to 100 really quickly, um... I'd recommend going a bit slower. So uh, maybe just increasing the length of time between meals by like 30 minutes and then an hour and then, um, you know, just kind of step stoning it from there. Um, Because in the program, you have given some really great suggestions to how to what we call reverse engineer your meals. So you are hungry at meal times, and you can eat till you're full or till you're satisfied, um, and then you're hungry again, and then you come, you show up hungry at your next meal. So that because that's really kind of right. the key there is that you increase the size of your meals, and then you're hungry to eat those meals as well. Yeah, which in, mm-hmm. which and I think it I think it's been studied. I you two will know. I think it's been studied. But when I'm hungry for food, it just tastes better versus eating when I'm not hungry. For sure. Yeah. yeah it so, does. yeah. So More research enjoyable. shows that when you're eating something, if you really pay attention to your body, um, you will find as yeah, as you're getting fuller, the food, like even if it's cake or whatever, it doesn't taste as good as it did in that first bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do they say? Like yeah. the first three bites of anything usually taste the best. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Which is really, which is really interesting. Yeah. Cause if you, if you are, if you are really mindful when you're eating, I think you might notice that a lot. And then. 
Yeah, which is why actually lots of our Balance 365ers, you know, they post about this because it's revolutionary for them is, um, you know, whether they're out at a birthday party or they've got, you know, they've opened up their favorite treat at night or whatever, and they have three bites and then they feel done. And that was enough for them. And they'll they'll take a picture and they'll post it in our community and be like, what is happening? <laughs> like it's magic. <laughs> but it's like when you really, yeah, when you're really in tune with your body. And I mean, that doesn't have to happen all the time. Sometimes I'll open a whole Snickers bar and probably eat the whole thing. Um, it doesn't have to happen all the time. This isn't like you're not winning if you get to that point, but it just happens for a lot of people. And when you feed yourself well, when you kind of don't have all these diety issues in your head that are very loud, when you don't feel guilt over, you know, every, any kind of quote unquote treat that you eat, um, and you're just totally in charge of your body, then you can start eating the right amount for you. And honestly, for a lot of people, it's less sugar. I also think these first two points that we've gone over could be revolutionary for a lot of women. Like if they just implemented these two things, if they just started adding protein to their meals and if they worked on having larger meals less often, it could revolutionize how they eat. Absolutely. Um, number three, number three most common mistake we see women making when it comes to nutrition is they are restricting food groups or foods they love. Jen, do you agree? We see this quite often, yeah? Yeah, it's this is a huge mistake. There is a lot of research that supports restriction only leads to negative outcomes later on. Um and you don't and you don't have to. It really is not. I mean, if people have listened to our um, interview with Sarah Cole and or have paid attention at all in our community to what Balance 365ers are saying, um, it's unnecessary. There's other ways to get to your desired outcome than all or nothing thinking. Mm -hmm. I always compare it to the um, to the bad boy in high school. You know, my I his name was Alex. I, he was <laughs> hi Alex. He was um, he was not like me at all. I was very rule follower, but he was the bad boy. And my parents said no. And what did I? What did that do? It was like it instantly increased my desire and my preoccupation with dating him. Like it was off limits, and right. therefore I had to do it. And the same thing we see that so often with mm -hmm. women. And food. I mean, men do this too, not just women. But um, it's been studied. I I believe it was the pink polar bear study where if I tell Lauren, if I say don't think of a pink polar bear, you think of a pink polar bear, right? A pink polar bear. Yeah. And that's a, mm -hmm. the same thing happens when you say, okay, um, no more wine. Um, all of a sudden you have this preoccupation, these cravings for wine, and you might be able to have some willpower or self-discipline for a while to say no to those foods. But usually what we see happen is women are fall into that all or nothing trap. They take it out completely. And then when they add it back in, they're mm -hmm. just all in and they over consume those foods that were right. quote unquote off limits versus um, if they just let that pendulum swing um, 
and it will usually settle down in the middle. And you can, and when you when you say, yeah. "Hey, I can have these foods as I as I genuinely want them," you probably our, our experience is that women don't crave them quite as much. They're not quite as seductive. So yeah. Dr. Tracy Mann, who um, Lauren and Annie and I all follow and love her work, um, she's at the University of Minnesota. Um, she's a food psychologist, and they did a study um, on this scenario, and they had people in their lab that they told that they couldn't eat a certain food, and that led to those people in that study became preoccupied with that food for the next three weeks, even if they didn't like that food. Like, even if it hadn't, you know, been an a food that they, you know, was a treat, quote unquote. Like it just, it's like denying them that led to them thinking about it more, even if it wasn't a food they were preoccupied with previously, which I think is really interesting. And it reminds me of, you know, like when smokers quit smoking, when they're like, they set a day, like Monday, and then they spend the whole weekend like puffing cigarettes in the backyard because they're just like, Gotta get it waiting for that day. Yeah. So like whether that's a, I don't, you know, I don't know anything. That is not my area of expertise. I'm quitting smoking. So I don't know how effective that is. But um, yeah, we had a woman share in Balance 365 the other day that she used to do that with soda all the time. She was like quitting soda on Monday and then she would go out and buy like two cases and just chug back soda all weekend and then she would quit on Monday. And I'm like, really, how is that helping you well, long term? Well, I used to do like, that where now, all the time. Did you? With, well, not with so hot, <laughs> but with dieting and or like if I was out when I was when I used to diet, if I was out at a restaurant, I would want to finish all of my food there because I didn't want to take leftovers home. Like that makes no sense. But I was like, if I finish it all now, then I don't have to eat it later. And if, Right. Because the thing is, well, it's, it's like the last meal, the last meal effect. Yeah, like, di- I got, I got to eat all these foods before yeah, I go on my diet. Yep. Because like, dieters absolutely. do struggle with food preoccupations. They do. And so mm-hmm. for them, um, it's like having it in the house is torture. And I used to do that with ice cream too. I used to like go hard at ice cream. And it's so weird to me, even still four years later on my journey that I'm like, oh, there's ice cream in the freezer. And I wasn't even sitting on the couch thinking about it. Right. You know, that's weird for me. Like still. I wasn't waiting I, for my kid to go to bed so I could go get the ice cream. Like, Right, exactly. So yeah, and this yeah. Balance 365-er talks about how in her journey of like her soda journey, <laughs> she can't believe that she can just have an occasional soda now rather than that whole binge restrict over soda. So. I also, I want to men- mention something too that I think is important when we're talking about not restricting food groups is... We're not trying to say that you don't have to make any changes, right? Like we're not saying keep eating exactly how you're eating and things will change, but you don't have to give it up completely. Like you don't have to say I'm either on sugar or off sugar. Like I'm either eating cookies or never am I going to ever have a cookie again. Like you do have to make changes, but there's still room for your favorite foods. There's still room for all the food groups. Um, yeah. And just understanding the psychology of it is that like, if you do make room for those things in your life, you will be preoccupied with thinking about them or sorry, you will be less preoccupied patient with thinking about them, which leads to less consumption of them. And I think, uh, one of the things we talk about 
uh, Imbalance 365 is what are your non-negotiables? What are the things that you really aren't willing to change or that you don't want to give up or you don't want to limit? And I know uh, one of those things is coffee creamer. Like, could I maybe, um, you know, make some changes to my nutrition habits through cutting out my coffee creamer? Yeah, I could. But my coffee creamer and my coffee in the morning – well, I mean, really all day, (laughs) brings me a lot of joy and happiness. And I'm just not willing to adjust my intake of that right now. That's okay. I'd rather make changes elsewhere. So if you have something in your diet that you really enjoy and it it brings you a lot of happiness, like you don't have to cut those foods out. Like that's foods with a life without foods you love, just, just kind of a sad life. And I don't want anyone feeling sad or missing foods that, you know, bring them happiness. Yeah. Eating is supposed to be enjoyable. Yeah. On the other side of that, when, you know, when you think about your negotiables and non-negotiables, um, sugar is a non-negotiable for me. Like there's going to be sugar in my diet here and there. Um, but for me, when I was making changes, um, sugar in my coffee wasn't negotiable. And, um, I just weaned back on my sugar intake in my coffee. And today I enjoy coffees sugar-free with, I put half and half cream in them. Um, and I feel so, I personally feel so much better, um, in the mornings and throughout my day without, you know, having that big sugar bomb in the morning. Um, and so I just wanted to mention that because, you know, everybody thinks we're all about, you know, they think Balance 365 is about moderation and having all the foods. And I'm like, no, it is about making healthy changes. Um, but it's about finding out like what those changes are going to be for you. Absolutely. And that, and, and our, I think if you looked at the three of our diets, we would have some really similar elements, but for the most part, we have a pretty, like, we don't all eat the same way. I mean, yeah, I noticed that when we're together, when we like, you know, we'll go to, what's that restaurant you guys like? Panera or whatever. Panera or or whatever American. Yeah. (laughs) Both of (laughs) these American places that I don't have here up in Canada. So, um, so, Annie's like quite a bit bigger than me and so we go out and it's just subtle like you like you just you know we might have very similar meals but you just eat more than me because you need to it's not like a judgment on you or like it's just that you are larger than me and you need more to sustain yourself and that's why you can't just try and replicate what another woman is eating because everybody's energy needs are different. Right. And everyone's, yeah. you know, their personal preferences are different. So Lauren Lauren picks the dough out of her bread <laughs> because she doesn't like crust. So she's just like digging in her little Panera bun to eat the dough out of the middle. And I'm like... Good idea. <laughs> I noticed when we were in California together, like I was always the first one to be like, "When are we gonna eat?" <laughs> right? Yeah, and then we came up running joke. Like, I was always, I was always hungry before the two of you were. Which, I, like, that's it's just, I mean, but again, when you look at when you look at the elements of our meals, yeah, we all have you know a balanced plate, you know, some veggies, some carbohydrates, some proteins, and fats, but um, the the quantities we're eating and what we're eating are different 
from person totally to person. yeah yeah and lauren's just a little peanut people not, might not know this about her but she's just like this tiny little thing <laughs> well and, and jen so, and i are like five eight five nine Amazon. so we're like hello yeah. <laughs> I remember so when, the first time we met and you guys picked me up from the airport and you're, you guys look at me and you're like, oh my God, you are so small. I can look to like both of their shoulders. You're so little. So, yeah. And our, like, so, we think we got you a, a shirt that's too big. We thought you were yeah. bigger than that. We totally did. Our VA, um, we have a VA, our virtual assistant. Her name is Synthony. She's in California and she's like a foot shorter than me and we have this picture together and she's just like just tucked in underneath my armpit it's so cute but and I went out for dinner with her too same thing like like you know when you're listening to your body you're not looking at what everybody else is eating um you will find the right amount for you um yeah and it's it's like it's that simple and you know this kind of ties into number two but just as a, as a bigger woman I mean I'm I'm I my weight fluctuates, you know, five, 10 pounds given the week, given the time of year, but I'm anywhere from 185 to 205 pounds. Like as a bigger woman, I need more food than Jen and Lauren. I just do. I just need that quantity to sustain that weight. And so uh, for a while, I felt a lot of shame about eating more. So that kind of that kind of goes into bigger meals, like my meals weren't big enough. I was trying to eat the quantities that smaller women around me were eating, and then was flabbergasted when I was starving, or, you know, like, why am I hungry? Totally. She's not hungry. I, why am I hungry? Like, that's because I'm just bigger. And there's like, I used right. to carry shame around that, but I don't anymore. I own it. And, um, and I feed my body as it needs uh nourishment and i'm i'm good and we all should yeah, yeah. we all should regardless we, of our size we but, should yeah. we shouldn't feel pressure to under eat or overeat depending Absolutely. on our situation because we actually get that a lot we get a lot of women who are in a social situation so say a balance 365er she's you know striving to get balanced meals listening to her body and she gets into a social situation and she's like no you know what I'm good like I've had enough dessert or I've had enough of whatever and her friends are going have more you know it's just one night it's a cheat meal it's you know and so it's like that situation happens too there's yeah. food, they're called food pushers and yeah. and you know nobody should feel pressured to under eat or overeat, depending yeah. on the context, right? Because neither of those feels good. It doesn't feel good to overeat, and it doesn't feel good to undereat. So, no. yeah. Okay, number four. Um, this one might be my favorite, and it was a, kind of a last-minute add-on by Jen, but I think it's a really, really great point. Uh, the final mistake we want to discuss that uh, women are doing when it comes to making uh, changes in their nutrition is they aren't doing what they they're doing long enough so essentially what boils down to is we see this time and time again um in our coaching group that women are on the right path they're making sustainable changes in a manner that uh complements their life it doesn't distract it doesn't consume their life um and they're like where where's the change where where are the changes that i'm looking for and our answer often comes back to you just need to keep going like this is a big big picture long-term sort of process and changes aren't going to happen overnight they're not quick fixes they're not fast results you just need to stick with it you need to stay consistent 
Yeah. Yeah. And things take time and we're talking months and months and months. Like you can start to see changes probably in a couple months, but you know, for some, some people it takes years and you know, you're just gradually making small changes and they add up and add up and add up, but you have to give it that time and consistency. I say, if you can, what I think is a really good idea is to really go in with this kind of mindset of like, set it and forget it. Like if you actually enjoy the way you eat and having balanced meals and listening to your body, then it shouldn't be something you feel you have to micromanage every day, all day. So, you know, set it and forget it and then surprise yourself. Um, and there's all kinds of, um, non-scale victories that you can look at and celebrate, you know, different things you noticed about your behavior, like, hey, I did not overeat that cake. I, I, I pushed it away when I was satisfied. Like, those things are big deals. And we're such a weight-focused society that we really don't, you know, take enough time to celebrate um, wins that aren't attached to a change in scale weight. Um, even though for a lot of women that done consistently over the long term may and probably will lead to a, to a change in the scale if that's a behavior that, you know, that they have. Um, right. Yeah, so, and I, like, today, I love the way I eat. Like, I mean, it's weird. Like, I eat like a very, quote-unquote, normal person. But um, I, you know, in Balance 365, we, you know, you should be getting to a point where, like nutrition isn't this like huge, big thing in your life. And I think people, when they become very weight focused, when they haven't seen the scale move in two weeks, I mean, we see this all the time. Like we see women posting um, like in the big group and Healthy Habits Happy Moms. They're like, I don't get it. I've been working out for three weeks and eating healthier meals and I haven't lost a pound. And it's like, well, okay, three weeks is like, that is nothing. People don't understand that your scale can fluctuate because of any number of things. Like it doesn't, you know, it's not a failure if, you know, like I, I don't monitor my weight on a daily basis anymore. I might check in on my weight. I don't know, every like four months, like I might just jump on the scale at the gym and it's, and I have, you know, I have very balanced nutrition habits and it's never a surprise to me what the number is, but, um, I check on it once in a while, like I might check on my blood pressure, um, but because I, I trust my habits and I trust my body and I trust that what feels good for me is good for me. And my weight really is just a byproduct of that. Yeah, I get, um, as as you both know, I don't know if maybe our community knows, um, but I have, since having my first baby, I have lost probably, I mean, given on the day I maybe 45 to 50 pounds. Um, and people often ask me today, like, you know, how do you eat? What are you, what are you eating? What kind of diet do you follow? Um, what foods are you eating? Are there foods that you don't eat? And honestly, it really boils down to, um, the simple, I eat when I'm hungry. I stop when I'm full. I get a good enough amount of protein. I mean, just the things that we talked about today. I don't restrict any food groups. I eat the foods that, um, I love. And if they're foods that maybe don't support my, my goals, I eat them a little bit less. Yeah. And it's than not always, and you don't have to, every time you go into a meal, it doesn't have to be like, does this support my goal? Like sometimes your goals 
Because you have rotating priorities. Sometimes yeah. you are eating like for pure enjoyment, connection, celebration. It doesn't, you know, and that's kind of, you know, the, in the, I don't know, the diet industry or whatever we want to call it. It's like every meal is approached as if this is a fat loss meal. And it's like, as soon as you can sort of put your fat loss goals, not maybe not to the side, but as soon as you can kind of throw them on the back burner and understand that like your health and wellness is um, important. And yeah, like maybe zoom out a bit from just Yeah, zoom balance. out. Right. Well, yeah, because what I was going to say is when I tell people that that sounds really great that like, oh, I'm not really, I don't track a whole, I track, maybe I track on occasion just to kind of double check that I'm getting adequate protein. But I, for the most part, I don't count anything. I don't weigh anything. I don't measure anything. I'm not logging anything. Um, they think that sounds really great, but I remind them that it took me like seven years to get there. It took me, it took me a really long time to, for all of these habits to come together and to feel like second nature. It was a really, it was quite the process. It didn't happen overnight. And you had, and you had three babies in there. So it's sort of like, you know, there's just, you have to, you know, seasons of life. Like you went up and down through, you know, normal and natural fluctuations. And, but seven years ago you were a size 24, weren't you, Annie? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ish. And now you're a 12, 12 12-ish. I don't wear so real pants, so right. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, so I'm, I tell you, I'm a medium, a large at Athleta, and a ten at, at Lulu. That's all I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't wear pants that don't have stretch, but or a zipper, really. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's, and I love when Lauren says. Um, you know, she'll tell women this all the time when she's trying to talk them through being patient and just trusting the process and going with it. She says the time is going to pass anyways. Yeah. And it's going to pass. So you can do that and you can yo-yo and you can, you know, keep chasing the big and shiny new thing, or you can just like commit to this and like, right. And let it pass. I mean, research, it we know it. that, you know, diets don't work. And if you're going to do the like go hard, go home approach, you're probably going to end up either in the same place or in a worse off place in a year from now than if you were to just take that slow and steady approach. Yeah, there's I follow this um, doctor, this he's an obesity doctor here in Canada, and I follow his blog. And he was talking about he he has a blog post about yo-yoing weight. um, And he said that if a diet doesn't leave you worse off physically, it most definitely will probably leave you worse off mentally. And we really have cannot downplay mm-hmm. that um, effect on your overall and health. And we all and know that anecdotally too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good talk. Yeah. yeah. A, I feel like we got, we, so, we got a lot of good information in this. Yes, those four things, if if women could implement, I think they would be like, wow. Yeah, and if and if you want more information um, how to make those work for you, you are more than welcome to join our Balance 365 coaching program um, and or our free Facebook community, Healthy Habits, Happy Moms, which has almost 40,000 women across the globe and they're ready to cheer you on and support you in making these sustainable changes so your energy and your time and your focus doesn't go to waste because we want you to have success we want you to reach the goals that you have for yourself and we don't want you wasting your time and spinning your wheels on stuff that really doesn't matter lauren is a big 
proponent of um, focusing on the big rocks. Mm -hmm. And I think these are some really big rocks that women can pay attention to to get big bang for their buck. Totally. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, ladies. This was fun. Good Thank job. You. Yay. Yay. Okay. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. bye. Hey, Annie here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we invite you to join our free 14-day Powerball Challenge, guaranteed to help you feel nourished, have more energy, and learn health, wellness, and fat loss strategies that actually work for busy moms. Inside the Powerball Challenge, you will find Powerball recipes that our members rave about, a meal prep guide, shopping lists, prizes, and access to our private Facebook community of over 35,000 busy women just like you who get it and are there to cheer you on. Sign up at PowerballChallenge.com today. And if you really like what you heard, don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes so we can keep bringing you amazing content. Thank you.